We're back. We are. Hopefully not overheated. I don't know about... Yeah. In, <laughs> uh, yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah. It's the uh, hottest summer on record, and it's not because of this sweet body right here. <laughs> I don't know if it's the hottest summer on record, though. I just said it. <laughs> it's the hottest I've been this summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the hottest I'll be all summer. Let me tell you that. No. Uh, so <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. It is really hot outside, it's, though. Yeah, I just um, finished mowing my yard, and it, it's dusty, dry, and hot. And it feels like we haven't done this in forever. I know it's only been two weeks, but for some reason, it right? was like a, this was a lengthy two weeks. Yeah, it's been, uh, it has. That's I knew it was coming up, but I was just like, oh, that's today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I found uh, super unwisely, I think, I managed to source some bicycles for, like, I haven't had a bike since I was like 12, right? Yeah. So I got a bike <laughs> and got Carolina bike, and then- you, they're out everywhere except for Boonville Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, yep. by the way, weird find. Yeah. Um, so I found like some, you know, we had some, we were kind of trying to resuscitate or whatever. I'm not the best bicycle mechanic. Mm-hmm. And then I managed to find some, but my kids have been making me go like, if you want an exercise accountability partner, just get teenagers bicycles after they've been trapped inside yeah. for half a year. <laughs> All we do are these like, you know, seven mile rides or whatever, which I'm sure is nothing in bicycle world, but it feels like a whole lot to Daniel chicken leg world. <laughs> like, uh, uh, like this is terrible and it's mm-hmm. hot. So I've lost three pounds. I'm pretty sure it's all water weight, just <laughs> sweating it out. But <laughs> like since Monday, I've literally dropped three pounds. I'm just like, what is going on? Yeah. Sweating out. Sweating it out. Yeah, sweating to sweating as an oldie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't sweat out the oldies thing. Too bad, you know, sadly. I don't, I'm trying. I'm trying to sweat out the oldie. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, you're go back to my your kids are your kids self. are sweating out the oldie. They're sw- yeah, sweat, they're, sweating you. They're out, killing yeah. the oldie, yeah. and I think they're aware of it. <laughs> um so uh we totally, totally forgot to do something. Last week, Uh-oh. I realized later. Mm-hmm. Do you know what it is? Would it perhaps be our Patreon moment? Ooh, yep. Yep. That happened. So mm. before we forget to do anything, I was so excited about remembering to say we're on the Voice Press Network yeah. that I forgot to tell you that I should do your job now. Right. Um, and you just mentioned the Voice Press Network where you can find yes. us and other finely curated podcasts. Yeah, so I'm getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, one day we should become professionals and I should make a list of all the stuff we're supposed to talk about. Uh, I think it's better this way for now. Is it? until? <laughs> well, until we come up with a list. <laughs> if you're... Uh, yeah, so... Th- they also changed the manager, which makes it way harder to look at. That's our excuse. Remember when I told you it was yeah. going away? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess now I have to, oh, no, I can just include entire groups, but it's also going to change the order of how I say stuff. So now in a brand new order. Ooh. Well, you know, <laughs> we're trying to keep things fresh here. And that's yeah. that's the plan. <laughs> so in, incidentally, our newest patron, and I'm going to mess up her name, Saria. Okay. That's right. So 100%. thank you, Saria. Saria. Chelsea, Shelly, Jennifer, Brian, Travis, Tyler, Jeremy, Lindsay, 
Jesse, Sean, Kathy, Holly, Cindy, Allison, and Brian. Thank you. Yeah, and hopefully that's everybody because this is new. And so if I accidentally <laughs> left you off, just let me know. Uh, we still love. I know you, that's yeah. not everybody, but like <laughs> from from the Hollywood tier and above, right? Right. Uh, right, right. So, um, and if you go to Patreon, another thing too is like they announced that they have to collect taxes now because of some new laws hmm. and stuff. So I went through and made sure, as far as I know, none of our stuff actually should collect taxes because it's just a one-time thank you gift. So it kind of like right. gets a weird loophole. Cool. So there shouldn't be taxes collected on anything. I tried to fix that and make sure that nobody got that. Nice. Um, but please, this is the best way to support the show. So if you have an extra buck or five and you want to throw it our direction, mm-hmm. you can go to patreon.com forward slash look what I did. And... Uh, sign up for we have anything from a dollar up um and there's different benefits going with those starting at the five dollar level so but i think knowing you're supporting us is the best thing (laughs) it it is the best thing um and bills are coming due so you know it's nice to be able to like hey i don't have to like take this out of you know savings Mm -hmm. or whatever the the show pay the show is paid for by the people we listed and and many others so thank you so much thank thank you every one of you for um, making this a, a reality mm-hmm. and helping us constantly improve. Yeah. Um, and we're on the Voice Press Network. Right. So be sure to swing by, check out the other cool shows. There's some really amazing stuff. Great stuff. And uh, word on the street, Aaron, I don't know if you're in the know. I'm in the know. Um, Voice Press might be adding a new show soon. Ooh, so I've heard. Your eggs yeah. are done. <laughs> Uh, no, I actually have no idea why that just went off. Uh, I got this timer for my smoker or whatever, Mm -hmm. and I feel like it shouldn't have gone off. Well, (laughs) maybe my house is burning down on the backside. I don't know. Um, well, let's, (laughs) let's record this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, wait, I thought we already were recording it. Yeah. So this week is a super interesting one. Mm -hmm. Um, it, we were contacted by a publicist for a, an author who has yeah. just published his first book, mm-hmm. Zune Garden. Yes. Um, the best way to describe it is like kind of a modern era's take on animal farming. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically like high level. I just got the book the other day in the mail, so Same. I hadn't had a chance to read it before Same. this interview, which right. will explain a lot of my like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, but basically the zookeeper kind of like leaves the zoo to the animals to run. Yes. Um, and, and so it's, you know, just kind of a commentary um, on sort of some of the issues we're facing today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while we were talking, uh, th- there's not, an answer, right? There's not like, right. this is how to do it, or this is specifically what the problem is, but really just a kind of a way of looking at, mm-hmm. um, I think sometimes our, our struggle to talk to each other. So I will say this is probably the closest to political that the show's really ever gotten. Yes. Um, but we really try really hard to, uh, not do that. <laughs> yeah, not make any judgment calls, uh-huh. right? right. Or, or go that direction. And I think the the value of this book is that it's also trying to not do the same thing. And that's why we were able to have this conversation. Right. Um, but, you know, super interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan is, you know, 
hasn't been out of college super long, worked for the FBI. Uh, he talks about that a little bit in the interview. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, as he was doing that work, kind of the idea for this book surfaced. Yeah. And so he decided to write it and quit his job. And, and what's really cool is right now he was going to do a book tour. And because of COVID, that's not doable. Mm-hmm. Um, they contacted us actually to kind of like go down and be a part of the documentary that they're doing as they travel around a big chunk of the country. Yeah. And we weren't able to get away and kind of COVID concerns, et cetera. Yes. Um, so we just did this interview while they were en route from mm-hmm. Little Rock to Oklahoma City, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're making a documentary of just kind of like traveling around the country and like how has COVID impacted you and and what the state of the nation is and having these conversations. So yeah. super cool. Um, and and it was, it was a very fun conversation. Oh, it was yeah. really neat that yeah. somebody just kind of like – I'm going to do this and just set out and did it. Like I'm going to write a book. I'm going to do a book tour. I can't do a book tour. So now I'm going to make a documentary Mm -hmm. on the road. You know, it's just been really neat. So, um, and it was a fun conversation and very surprising because it wasn't Uh one that we were, I didn't know it existed. No, it was like going in with with zero knowledge about any of it other than like jumping on Instagram real quick to see what they're about and go, what is this? And it was cool. You know, it's, it's, it's a neat idea. Plus the book sounds very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, I got it off Amazon. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Like really good quality printing. Yes. Um, I think it's self, I mean, it is basically self-published, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's done really well yeah. and it was super cheap, Yep. especially for a self-published book. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hardcover edition, which is what I got, was $15. Oh, wow. And the thing is like wonderfully bound. Cover art's amazing. Mm. Um, it for a person who's self-publishing, it was high quality output yeah, by nice. a mile. Uh, and it was on Amazon prime, 15 bucks, totally worth mm-hmm. it. Cheaper than you'd probably pay on the shelf at a bookstore, honestly. More than likely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. For a hardcover. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's a relatively slim read. It's mm-hmm. about 166 pages, I yeah. think. Um, so nothing crazy, but without further ado, Mr. Jordan. Enjoy. I know we kind of threw this together last minute, but uh, your project sounds cool. Yeah. And I was like, man, if we had the time, I would definitely talk to this guy. Yeah. So we, the format of the show is generally just an hour conversational thing. Um, and so, it, and it's really laid back. Like there's no set questions. It's just kind of Chat. getting to know you as a person and what yeah, you do. Yeah, I love it. So uh, with that, I guess we can kick it off. And we normally start with who you are and what you do. Perfect. Uh, I'm Jordan O'Donnell. I used to work for the FBI. Uh, I worked there for about two and a half years, right out of graduate school, and decided to quit the FBI, deny a couple federal agent offers, and wrote a book, and converted a school bus, bought a couple travel trailers, and hired 20 college kids to travel around America and promote the book. So that's the the very basics. Hmm. There's so many questions. This is Pandora's box of an interview. <laughs> right. I don't know yeah. what I got myself yeah. into. <laughs> you know, we've had a former CIA agent on the show, too. We can check your credentials. <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, yeah make sure he, get, he so verifies. <laughs> right? So so what's the book about? Let, tell us the title and kind of what the book the is. The book is called Zune Garden, and it is a political satire or political allegory. So... Very, very basic premise. It's similar. It's very similar to Animal Farm. 
Um, so that's kind of just like the realm to get, get your mind in. And mm-hmm. it, the basic idea is that, yeah, here's the cover right now. Jonah just grabbed me one right here. So, um, basic premise is animals live in a zoo and the zookeeper grants them freedom to rule the zoo however they want. And the wolves want it one way and the sheep want it another way. And they slowly accidentally destroy the zoo. So it's a, uh, it's a political satire about modern day America and all the hmm. divisiveness and contention that's going on in the country right now. I love this. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Really I wish good. you guys yeah. had contacted me more than three days ahead of time. I would have bought the book and read it. I'll still buy the book and read Heck it. Yeah. That's awesome. Heck yeah. Uh, so had you written anything before this book? No, just some dabbling with, you know, just kind of my own creative projects. But this was the first one that was, all right, I'm going to start this and go through with it until it's completely finished. Uh, and it took about two and a half years. So I started in January of 2018 when I was still working for the FBI. And I didn't really finish it until probably two, three months ago. Um, oh. So, yeah, it was kind of a full, full in-depth process. And everything I had done before that was a little... Uh, it was just kind of dabbling, and truthfully, none of it was very good. Uh, so this was <laughs> this was the first project where I was actually happy to uh, to show it to the public and other humans. Hmm. Seems like a strong showing out of the gate, though. Yeah. I mean, so because this isn't is this self published or no? It is. So I guess it's like it's like technically indie published. We created a corporation and then published it through that. Uh, so I. I wanted to publish it pre 2020 election and the way the timing with everything worked out, uh, it was just, it would have been impossible to go traditionally published. And the other thing, the other thing too, was that with how unique this road trip is and how we're promoting it, we really wanted to be able to get 60, 70% royalties as opposed to like 8%. Uh, so yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The indie, indie publishing route made, made a lot more sense for us. Hmm. Is it a so where are you guys selling it through? Is it available on Amazon or do you have to contact you directly? Or? It's available on Amazon. So we've got hardback, softback, ebook, uh, ebook on there. And then audiobook will be coming out pretty soon. And then Ooh. it's also available for Ingram Spark, which is the one of the main companies that like indie bookstores buy their stuff through. So it's also right. It's available on Amazon India and some other random websites as well. So it's not it's not too hard to find i mean the title zoom garden is is pretty unique so it's kind of nice when you mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah i'd say so yeah yeah i did that on purpose because i i knew i wanted it to be something that if you typed it into google nothing else would come up um yeah so that's kind of kind of <laughs> why i went that route mm-hmm. i think that's the smart thing are you gonna narrate your own audiobook or I thought are you gonna have somebody else I thought do it? about it and uh, it's funny that you mentioned that now because <laughs> my team has been harping on me for how monotone my voice is um, <laughs> and so <laughs> I I was considering it I was considering it but I just had to be humble with myself and be like dude you're gonna make everybody fall asleep if you if you read your own audiobook uh, <laughs> and it was, it was also hard I mean the characters are just pretty diverse I mean you have this you have this wolf named Iron Paw who is is basically you know tyrannical, and then you have this sheep named Tully who's basically feminine communist, and so it's just like that they're so starkly contrasted that I don't think I could do either one of their voices. 
Yeah. We uh, earlier this year interviewed an audiobook narrator, and in your head, it's like you just sit down and read the book, right? <laughs> Into a microphone. Yeah, right. And then we're talking to her, and she's like, does all this character backstory it's like a one-man play i mean all of the effort that goes into doing oh it's crazy yeah yeah chelsea stevens if you're looking for somebody she does like 60 books a year it's insane wow Wow. (laughs) yeah it's amazing yeah yeah it yeah it's really yeah it's really crazy i mean when i first saw pricing and stuff i was like gosh why is this so expensive but then you know, I really started looking in depth at him like, man, this is this is challenging. Like you said, it, yeah. it is. It's, it's yeah. a one man play. And especially if the characters are pretty diverse. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's tough. I mean, to do, you know, a really feminine voice with a really masculine voice and all those things. It's it's challenging. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. I can't imagine trying to do an audiobook. I did jokingly for Patreon did like a short story somebody had written and it is so bad. <laughs> but it was because I got called out by the audiobook narrator. I was like, I think I could do it. She's like, try, just right, try. Yeah. Right. It's really right, hard. Right. <laughs> it's really Quickly hard. Humbled. I didn't, so, I didn't want oh, to, yeah. The elephant in the room though, I wasn't expecting this FBI angle. So was FBI straight out of college or like how long did you work for them? It was. Uh, so I finished graduate school and actually I already had the offer. And actually the day I graduated, I was literally in my commencement ceremony, like in the auxiliary gymnasium waiting to, <laughs> to waiting to walk. And, uh, I get a call from a random number. I'm like, uh, oh, all right, I'll answer. It might be important. And it was the FBI and they're like, Hey, we need to have an answer by tonight. And I'm like, hey, uh, yeah, I'm graduating <laughs> right now, but I'll get back to you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that night I, I accepted the offer. And then I think my, luckily my background investigation was pretty, pretty quick. Uh, a lot of people are waiting like two, three years. And mine was like, yeah, mine was like four months, which was lightning quick. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, well, cause you were 22 years old and didn't have much of a background to check. <laughs> right. Right. It, it was funny. Like yeah. when I got, when I got to Guanaco, there were some other guys and I told one of them, I was like, yeah, man, I mean, mine only took four months. He was like, don't tell anyone that <laughs> because they will be <laughs> so angry at you. There was this one guy who studied abroad in china who opened like two or three chinese bank accounts and that guy was in the background process for like three years um, wow oh yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so just really a lot of it just depends but but yeah started got the offer in may and i was i was at quantico by october that's crazy yeah, what did you apply for that or did you just get recruited can you say that say that again did you did you apply for that or just get recruited? So a lot of my family works for the FBI. Uh, my grandpa was an agent. My uncle works for him now. My other my granduncle worked for the CIA. So uh, I was kind of honestly sort of trained as a young wee lad to go be an FBI agent. <laughs> uh, my grandpa is one of my best friends, and he he we would always talk about investigations, and he would teach me how to run an investigation. And so as soon as I finished grad school, it was kind of the logical thing to do. Uh, and yeah, I put, put in some applications and, uh, yeah, they, they accepted me and I somehow passed the polygraph and made it on through. Wow. All right. And there we go. Aaron, you had a question. <laughs> yeah, I, you said something about being in for, you know, like two and a half years. What, what made you make the jump back out after that time of, you know, wanting to go in and then applying, getting in and being in? It's a good question. And 
truthfully pretty complicated answer uh so I'll, I'll try to summarize it i think a lot of it is don't meet your heroes uh as, as bad as that sounds um i think everybody kind of goes a lot of really ambitious people go into the fbi you know as this is kind of going to be the great prestigious thing that i do and i just i am a really ambitious person i really want to do the best that i can do in anything and getting into the bureau very quickly one of my buddies summarized it pretty well he's like jordan the fbi specializes in mediocrity um which you know is a is a, is a bad thing to say but th- there is just a lot of bureaucracy and the, the fbi does fantastic incredible things and i think the people in it are amazing uh, but i think there's a lot of things that could be really really frustrating about it and i think that com- that combined with seeing where the country was at right now seeing all the division going on and sort of this overwhelming feeling that we're kind of on the brink of like a cold civil war. Uh, I felt that the book was more important right now um, than than going through with FBI agent. So it's kind of a combination of those things. Mm. I think frustrations kind of pushed me towards wanting to leave, but then the book is what really pushed me to make the final decision. Yeah. Mm. So talking about the book... Um, I think, how do I ask this in the best way? Do you provide an answer as to what you think the outcome of running the zoo should have been? Or do you kind of like let it be that open-ended you determine whether you think this was right? Does that make sense? Like kind of the mirror versus the, this is leading somebody down a path. For sure. It's definitely the mirror. Um, I think every single it's it's a pretty enigmatic novel and every single person who has read it they've been like I loved it I have a lot of questions um, and so <laughs> so there's it definitely ends in a way and one of the one of the main kind of things that I try to communicate was sort of this idea of like media manipulation and the destruction of truth so one of, one of the problems right now in our society is that I think it's very, very difficult for the average citizen to even know what is reality, um, whether it's with the COVID situation or whatever it might be. And so that same feeling that most citizens feel right now is sort of communicated in the book. Um, So as the reader, you don't actually know who is causing the problems. And even at the end of the novel, you don't know who's causing the problems. It's like there's like there's four or five different people that could be the culprit or it could be everybody's fault or it could be nobody's fault and it was all just an accident um and so i i didn't really provide a solution because i think this novel's goal was to really show the severity of the problem um and so hopefully you know with the book tour and conversations like this I can sort of start to share my thoughts of what are potential solutions, but I don't think people are willing to listen to solutions thoroughly until they really understand just how much of a travesty could, could or the solution is where the real money comes in. You do 24 easy payments of 99.95 a piece <laughs> for the solution course. Right. <laughs> and you teach everybody how to have civil discourse. Right. So I think that would be that. Right. Here's how to read a newspaper. <laughs> right, um, exactly. <laughs> Here's how to look for facts. Yes. Yeah. So, but you guys are doing a tour <laughs> of mm-hmm. the country and it doesn't sound like it's a traditional 
book tour. Uh, like some of in, in Jonah's email to me was a little bit of a conversation even just about how COVID has impacted the area as well. Like how do those two things dovetail for you or did I misread the email? <laughs> uh, you kind of broke up a little bit, but you were saying it's not a traditional book tour and how did, how did COVID affect it? Is that what you said? Uh, well, I was asking like Jonah asked about or said that you guys were kind of also doing a documentary around how COVID has affected people. Um, which seems almost a little separate from the book tour itself. So, like, how how do those two things merge for you? I think a lot of people on the team, myself included, just have a lot of interests. Uh, and we, we were in this position where we wanted to have as many different platforms as possible um, to intrigue people. And so, you know, we started our own podcast where that was sort of the venue through which we would interview people around the country and actually kind of, you know, pierce that big mainstream media and really understand what people think and what people are feeling. And then we had the documentary, which, you know, a lot of it truthfully is just what is an 18 person adventure with a bunch of college kids look like. Uh, and then it obviously also focuses on, uh, on sort of COVID and, and what's happening right now. And then, Zoom Garden is obviously about, you know, the state of the political, cultural climate. Um, so I, I think they all kind of combine with our interests of a new and a different world, uh, a, a different a different kind of future for for America. And I know Jonah and I, for example, we really share a common idea and common theme about empathy and just trying to increase understanding across the country and I think, you know, through doing that, we'll, we'll have less division. Um, so, yeah, they, I, I think overall a lot of different venues that we're doing, but overall they, they kind of come back to let's, let's make the American people united and let's make America as, as good as it can possibly be. Hmm. Yeah. How, how are you guys pulling together these? You said that you're doing some talks and some things. Um, in the current environment, I imagine it's kind of hard to find a venue, A, that might let you, but B, uh, ticket sales are going to be less than normal just because of capacity rules and those types of things. Um, so do you just try to offset that by increasing the number of stops that you're doing, or how are you guys approaching that piece of it? We're taking a very, very grassroots approach. Um, so... A lot. I mean, it, it has. I mean, it's, it's been insanely challenging. I was telling the team the other day that, you know, a lot of people say that the two hardest things to do are write a book and start a start a business. And we're doing both of them during the middle of a global pandemic. So it's uh, it's certainly a challenge. And we're, we're kind of having to adjust on the fly for a lot of things. But mm-hmm. we're we're mostly I mean, for example, we we just had to we were supposed to go to Dallas and Austin, Texas, and just had to completely nix those because of the spike down there in Texas. Um, mm. So we're now on the fly. We're we're going to Oklahoma next, but um, we're not so much doing as many, you know, venue events as much as we're doing talk to as many people as we can um, around the country gotcha. in different in different places and you know, go into news stations and tell them what we're talking about, reach out to podcasters and kind of just spread the story that way. The nice thing about books is that they still spread through word of mouth pretty effectively. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, we're, we're kind of going with that approach of spread it through word of mouth. And then at the end, we'll have a pretty gnarly documentary that can maybe get on Netflix or something like that. And that'll help some more publicity. True. Yeah. 
I mean, the documentary is a great angle because Netflix and Hulu and Amazon are fighting for content, basically. Yeah. And so there's a lot of opportunity, I think, there. Or even self-releasing stuff like that, right? right. Um, it's accessible that way, too. Right, right. Uh, so is there... So the book published when what was the release date of the book was may 22nd i believe okay so it just came yeah, out yeah, pretty, yeah pretty um, ago. and so instead of holding off well you wanted out in time for the election so no matter what was happening with covid you kind of had to push through with getting this message out there right i mean you couldn't just delay and say like let's see what happens in july or whatever which would have been no better it turns out <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. definitely not <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i mean we we really you know as a leadership team had to had to genuinely think like you know is this even plausible during you know what's happening right now and i mean you know we'd been working for two two and a half years to make this happen um, and it obviously wasn't ideal circumstances. I think it, without COVID, we would have been able to have every intern probably by the beginning of April. We would have had every event booked by the start of May. We wouldn't have had to change any aspect of the itinerary. It would have been three months instead of two. Uh, but we, we thought that with everything going on right now, there was still a way to potentially make it happen. Um, so we ended up pulling the trigger and we're being incredibly safe about it. Um, yeah, so... Just, just make it, making it happen. Uh, kind of getting over the challenges, and it's, it's definitely been an adventure. Nothing, I don't want to say nothing is going according to plan, but there aren't a ton of things going according to plan. <laughs> which is <laughs> like la- yeah. last night we went to a fireworks show, and uh, the bus got stuck in a mud pit, and uh, oh. <laughs> so we had the entire, the entire team out front pushing, pushing the bus out, <laughs> and getting muddy at 10 p.m. and it was. Uh, it was fun, man. You know, mm. I think we, we have an awesome team and they, they don't want to be doing stuff like that every day, but it's, it's definitely fun to do that on occasion and have, you know, like a yeah. true adventure. It's a story to tell by the end. Uh, yeah. Sure. The documentary, now that I think about it has to have been a last minute change, right? Like you weren't, unless you changed the subject of it, you weren't planning on doing that in March or January. Right. I mean, cause yeah because of yeah because of covid yeah 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 so it it was i think i think probably around march there was always an idea that we were going to do some sort of documentary um just because i mean on paper the premise is just so ridiculous that it would be an injustice not to at least videotape it um <laughs> and so I, I think the idea was was always there uh but yeah it's become more fine-tuned now with with covid and everything happening Mm-hmm. Well, I think that one thing to do with like that has to do with COVID is so many people are going into and creating, you know, podcast and social media and, you know, YouTube stuff and different different aspects of that that take no contact, you know, or face to face with people that it can be a better, you know, like spread the word out a little bit better and through more markets rather than just people seeing a bus and going, what's that and forgetting about it? You know, right. it's like word of mouth, like you said about the book, you know. But like everyone's like, hey, I'm on this, I'm on this, I'm on this, and it just sort of spreads out. I think that's is one advantage of the current situation. Is like social media is like blowing up with all sorts of, you know, new creators and oh yeah, things like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, you're completely completely right. And uh, I think 
I mean, there's obviously a bunch of massive disadvantages, but there there are a handful of advantages. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. gas prices are way lower, which is just a small, small little <laughs> advantage. Um, and, and then the other thing, I mean, I, I don't want to wish ill upon the nation, but I wrote Zoom Garden and then the COVID happened, the protests happened, and everybody who read it was like, dude, you were like a prophet. How did you know this was going to happen? Because, uh, I mean, basically everyone's like, man, Zoom Garden is literally occurring as we speak. I mean, it's just every everything's divided. Nobody knows what's true, all that sort of stuff. And um, Wow. So that that was that was kind of a nice a nice thing where like I knew eventually that either things were going to get better or Zoom Garden was going to become a reality, but I just didn't realize it was going to happen, mm. you know, like three weeks after I released it. Jeez, yeah, that's crazy. That so that being said, I think from a creative standpoint, so this show is uh, subtitled Conversations with Creators, right? right. Um, and so we talk with a different kind of creator all the time. I think yours brings up an interesting question of, is there a follow-up plan to this or was it a message that just needed to get out? That's right. Like, are you intending to write a follow-up book at some point or was this the one? A lot of people have, have asked that and a lot of people have read it. They've said, you know, I think you left it open for a sequel. And I was like, really? I thought it was pretty final um (laughs) (laughs) it burned down (laughs) yeah exactly um i i I would say i am not a i'm not a huge fan of sequels uh i i aspire i look up to a lot of old writers um like fyodor doisievsky franz kafka some some of like the classic greats and all of them you know they had one idea and they communicated that idea through one novel, and then they moved on to another idea and communicated that through one novel. Um, so, like, yeah, and I, I think this novel was specific to what is occurring right now at the present time in America, and I wanted to write mm. a novel yeah. specifically for that. And so, I think I don't think there will be a sequel, but I really, really do hope to kind of get the message of unity and the message of open conversation and the message of empathy out through podcasts and through things like this. I, I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'm not, a t- I, I could be cynical at times, but I'm not a terribly pessimistic person. And so I really hope and want, uh, you know, the country to continue to do better, but I don't think I'm going to end up writing a book explaining that. I think I'm just going to try to explain that a bit more through my interviews and through the documentary and other things like that. Yeah. you three issues my first one is that you never do that again (laughs) (laughs) okay what's your second ish oh hmm i don't remember the episode (laughs) and what's your third ish you wish you were funny ish Uh, i wish you were funny ish (laughs) oh now now (sighs) hurt we're friends. Well, ish. if I had a fourth uh, ish, <laughs> if I had a fourth ish, I would ish that you 
hadn't started with this pun. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, you said that one yourself. I was going to grant you an ish to take that back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Well. Ridiculous. <laughs> yep. So, hey, if you haven't been to lookwhatidid.net in a while, mm-hmm. now is definitely a time to go. Um, uh, probably about a month ago, I updated the past guest gallery. Mm-hmm. It, as easy as Squarespace is, and it is pretty easy, some things are just not what I do. So figuring out how to get like old past guest gallery stuff into kind of that, that gallery. Mm. Um, so photos that haven't been up for a while or since the episode aired, there were quite a few. So there's probably 26 past guests that, that finally got put back into the past guest gallery. Mm. Um, so a ton of great photos, uh, more information. And, you know, I think we talk about this sometimes, but it's to me, maybe still truer today than it was the day we released it. The stand strong tea yes. is still available. Yep. Um, it, it really helps support the show. The first round went and supported my brother. Who's an artist in Germany. Um, but you can still pick that up today in like 30 plus colors yeah. uh, from trade post tees. So you're supporting a great business mm-hmm. run by a friend of mine um, in Kansas and uh, a percentage of that comes back to help support the show yep. as well. Yes. And it's just a message that we really believe in. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so with everything going on around us, it is really important to stand strong. Yeah. Um, but six feet apart. Right. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> great shirt. I love it. I may have accidentally ruined mine the other day. I was wearing it and I was doing a bicycle repair and, uh, it's looking a little oily. Now. I, uh, but, I'm wearing mine now and I may have also done something similar. Hmm. Yeah. So I may have to be buying a new one from trade post T yeah. soon. Um, and if you're a geek or a nerd like I am or super pop culture, um, that's Aaron's the pop culture guy. Trade post T's also does, uh, a ton of t-shirts they do mm-hmm. um music it's kind of like a hastings if you remember that right oh, yeah. like uh but they'll do like author or not author artist um like kind of featured artist yeah. right and they'll yeah. bring in t-shirts for a short period of time um and then if they sell they'll keep them or whatever but yeah. there's some really cool funny stuff there mm-hmm. it's definitely worth checking out so trade post tees um, but go to lookwhatidid.net, click on the Stand Strong T, and that'll hop you right over there. Um, throw our shirt in the basket and then look around and see what mm-hmm. else is available as well. Yes. In addition, please, please, please take the time to share the show with other people. We know that uh, you've kind of gotten out of your routine over the course of this year. Mm-hmm. We know that people are starting to get back into the routine um, that, that quote-unquote new normal maybe has set in a little bit. Um, and people are finding where they're going to listen to their podcast now, right? So right, right. as those right. requests for what to listen to comes in, the best thing that can happen is word of mouth. So if you yep. can just take you know, time today to tell one other person to check out the show, it means the world to us. Um, it, it helps continue to grow the audience and, and get the word out there and share these artists and creators with as many people as possible because that's really what the show's about is building and, and spreading that community. Yeah. Um, of yes. creativity so give us a give us a share. review while you're at it yeah yeah you can leave a review on facebook you can do five Jeez. stars or review on itunes mm-hmm. um but everything you do there really just helps kind of spread the show and mm-hmm. kind of share the story of people like jordan or past guests um with a broader audience as well and, and that's yeah. why a lot of these people come on the show right is to get the word out about what they're trying to do mm-hmm. um and 
and we're proud to be able to be a part of that. Oh, yeah. So. Heck, yeah. All right. Back to Mr. Jordan. Mm-hmm. If you did a follow-up book, it might be something on, like, how technology impacts our relationships or right, which is very bear versus shark. But uh, I guess the way that kind of like Orwell does animal farm, but also has 1984, right? Like he's kind of tackling these like very individual subjects uh, always through a lens of somewhat satire, right? Um, right. Or science fiction right. kind of holding a mirror to society. Is that kind of your thought process? Like you may look at another issue and, and try to explain it in a palatable way. Cause that's really what you're doing with zoom garden. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you nailed it. I think, and, and that's, you know, there isn't a lot of that in the modern day. I think a lot of our art is, well, art is for, uh, entertainment. And I really would prefer to get back to, you know, what, or what, what Orwell did and all the other greats of, all right, what is the idea that is currently happening in the country or in the world that really needs to be discussed and then discussing that through a fiction yeah. novel, which is really hard because, mm-hmm. you know, most people kind of argue points and discuss their ideas through nonfiction because it's, it's easier. You just make an argument. But if you can do it through a really creative and entertaining story, it's actually going to have a much more significant impact. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I, I have some other ideas about just sort of the state of, state of the country uh, and potentially in the future, but I'm really... I'm really intrigued by the idea of uh, of humans like creating a mortal eternity. So basically, us finding like a cure for death, because um, that's something Silicon Valley has been looking into, and they're at they're at the point where it's it's nowhere close to actually happening. But they've actually broken it down to where they can understand it. Like they still have a lot of problems to solve, but they're at a point where they can they're like hey this is no longer a theory like this could actually potentially occur and that's just i mean that's crazy you know like you're guaranteed death and taxes and let's just take out death out of the equation uh the whole world's gonna get flipped on its head uh so um, if you just give me taxes i'll take that right right right. um so that that's obviously in like a completely different trajectory but that's that's the next book i'm working on and I just, yeah, man, I, gosh, the entire world would change if, if that actually occurred. And, you know, it might not be for another two or 300 years or maybe even longer, but I'm just, I'm really compelled by that idea. Yeah. Wasn't that fiction book already written though? Interview with a vampire. I think was the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Funny. No. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, you know, uh, Highlander, there's some other ones that really kind of do sometimes start to deal with that idea of immortality and how uh, uh, altered carbon, right? Like, yeah. what does this uh, perpetual existence mean for society, yeah. Uh, yeah. as well as for me as a person? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, w- one thing that you had said was, you know, that a lot of people argue nonfiction. Um, and not to disagree with you, but I think one of the powers of fiction is the ability to present an argument that feels distant enough from me that I can see another side, right? That's why animal farm works so well. That's why your idea of putting, you know, the current, uh, struggle politically or societally 
into a zoo format mm-hmm. where like I'm not necessarily super wrapped up in uh the rights of a goose right or whatever the animal might be um i can kind of go along with the ride right and i think that's one of the powers of fiction is my ability to say hey this isn't you wink (laughs) um now let's see what happens with this character in this scenario and how you feel about it when you don't feel so defensive or protective right of that right because one of the things that's made conversation hard and this show isn't really political so i want to stay you know not not get down that path necessarily but a thing that makes conversation hard sometimes is um that we are very protective of of ourselves right um it's hard to admit that we're wrong it's hard to give something up i think is a, a thing that really faces us of I I don't want you to suffer, but I also don't want to lower my quality of life too noticeably to ease that suffering, right? right. And you get caught in this kind of weird in between world. Yeah. Um, I think I think you said it earlier. Empathy is everything, right? It's truly being empathetic because then when that person's hurting, I'm actually hurting as well with them, yeah. right? Right. Completely. That wasn't a question. That was just a weird statement. <laughs> no, it was, it was perfect. And I, Worst interview yeah. ever. <laughs> I was I was gonna say no. I mean, you you nailed it at the beginning. I, I think. Uh, I mean, you even you know going back to Orwell, like a lot of people don't realize before Animal Farm in 1984. I mean, he wrote like five other novels, and none of them were very successful. And they literally communicated the same ideas, but through a nonfiction format. And so he wrote, you know, mm-hmm. like the homage to Catalonia and all these other ideas about communism and socialism. Uh, without very much success, and then as soon as he writes Animal Farm, it makes it a little more palatable for for the average person and you know they can be entertained while also sort of learning those same lessons then it's you know a massive success and, and that's why i decided to go with zoom garden because you know that was that was uh, uh you know more more effective i i thought uh mm-hmm. in, in the present environment to really help try to distance people away from like you said their literal identities i mean that's why people are so torn up about everything right now mm-hmm. but but yeah, yeah. In, in terms of empathy uh, yeah uh, I remember when I when I interviewed Jonah to uh, to um, you know recruit him onto the team, we we said you know empathy is the antidote to dogma, and I think I think right now there's just a lot of dogma going around and uh, trying to kind of pierce through that by helping people understand the other side is is really really pivotal. Yeah, yeah, I think that's crucial. Pixar's done it really well, right? R- yeah, like. They do a good job of taking really heavy issues oh, yeah. and making it about fish yeah. <laughs> or robots. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Very Who good. knew Pixar, the modern yeah. day George Orwell. Right. Aaron, you had something. I, I, th- I think that the whole, I'm going to go back to the nonfiction thing is uh, like the stand and Lord of the flies, you know, and right. I'm going to order your book today. Once Wait, we get you off went back there. to nonfiction and, and I'm said sorry, the fiction. stand sorry. and Lord no, of the no, Flies? No, no, no. You know what I mean. I'm going to go back to the fiction Aaron part. doesn't read much. No, I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. But like yeah. the thing with that, and I'm sure in your book here, is I'll find out once I order it, is that there are people in those books, you know, and that a lot of those, there's a common thread in both of those that sort of represent what we're going through today, or if we were to go unchecked. Um, whereas the you could sort of identify with the people in different aspects of all sides here, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but you're not like choosing, you know, I could see this and I don't see that period. 
you know, where I think is where if it were a non-fictional book, people automatically, they read the cover just like an article or, you know, clickbait, and they're like, yes, I agree with that 100%, or I'm not even going to read that with that. But you can yep. get a point across to people by placing it in a fictional aspect and still having the message throughout the, you know, the whole story. And if you can't identify with something like that, maybe you should be checking yourself a little bit, saying, I could see their point, or I could see this. And hopefully, you know, with your book, it can help people be more empathetic to other people. It's it's an interesting, interesting yeah. thing for sure. I, yeah, I yeah. I mean, you you said it super well. I mean, in that you know, that's the entire intention of it. I think you would <laughs> you'd have to be a very closed minded person to get to the end of the novel and not be like, dang, I don't want to be a wolf or a sheep. Um, <laughs> it's because, yeah, it's, it, and, you know, a lot of people have said it. It's just, it really makes you look in the mirror uh, and, and kind of mm-hmm. say like, all right, where, where are we headed and how do I, how do I avoid this ending? And, mm-hmm. and also I, I, I think, you know, that's to toot my own horn, but I think I did a really good job of showing both sides. I think at times you're going to empathize with the wolves and at times you're going to empathize with the sheep. But for the most part, you're just going to realize how ridiculous both sides are being. And that's kind of what I want yeah. because I, I want them they, I want them to empathize with Maximus, who is like the main leader, who he's the one who tries to preserve the land and create all this unity. Um, and yeah, mm. I, I, I really do believe it. It's, it's hard to it's going to be hard to read Zoom Garden and not have your mind opened. Well, yeah. I can't wait. Uh, and merchandising opportunity you can sell team wolf and team sheep shirts i think and people can kind of pick sides really dig in on <laughs> right <laughs> totally undermining the point of the book like, what, 100 percent. <laughs> we uh not, not to get too political but at one point the wolves get frustrated with the sheep and they start calling the sheep babas and uh i was like we could just tell trump to start calling liberals babas and the book would be an instant success but we would completely avoid like our entire purpose (laughs) um so yeah it's uh yeah yeah but you're yeah that would be hilarious if we got team shirts uh so what what do you read i mean what's your i assume if you're writing you're probably reading a decent amount what's what's your like go-to just kind of the thing that you when you walk into a bookstore you walk to this section most often i read a lot of old books uh so hemingway who i look up to his style and kind of his life a little bit he said i don't read anything by anybody who's alive because if uh if they're dead and their book is still relevant, it means it stood the test of time, which mm. I don't recommend that for everybody because then no one's going to buy the books of the modern day. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think I think for me, there's just, there's so much literature out there, and just to even try to get through all the works of some of the greats could take years. Um, and so mm. I, I really try to focus on those. Um, and so I I really I don't go into bookstores too too often. I I mostly just have a massive list of classics uh, that I'm kind of, you know, working through. Um, and so, you know, I kind of already mentioned Dostoevsky and Kafka. Tolstoy is a big one. Joseph Conrad. Uh, definitely Orwell and Hemingway. Um, but, yeah, some of these, like, old greats that just wrote, I mean, truthfully wrote the best works of all time. Um, is there, like, tell, speak a little bit about your bus. 
Definitely. So yeah, we're on it right now. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of looking around. I guess I could show you around pretty quickly. But uh, yeah, the my grandpa in his retirement drives uh, buses for like all the local private schools in Richmond. Uh-huh. He, he's the type of guy that uh, if you just slightly mention something to him, he remembers it forever. So mm-hmm. I just randomly a couple of years ago was like, man, it'd be really cool to buy a bus and convert it and travel across America. And six months later, Grandpa calls me. I was like, hey, Jojo, <laughs> you still want that bus? I'm like, I, I guess um, you got yeah. one. So he uh, yeah, we we bought the bus from this local private school and it's it's actually in great shape. It only has it's a diesel with only like 100,000 miles on it. Um, uh, it's just br- breaking it in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so we've been con- converting it over the past year and a half. And uh, yeah, now it's it's basically finished and. It's sleep six, and it's it's pretty versatile. It has a deep deep freezer. It's got a fridge. It has solar panels on the roof mm-hmm. that uh, that power everything. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool looking bus. It says Zune Garden on the side. Um, mm-hmm. It's green, not yellow, which is nice. <laughs> no one's trying to hop on if you stop at a stop sign. <laughs> right, right, exactly. We have had yeah. a, as the tour picks up steam, that could happen actually. Yeah. Like people just try to join the crew. Yeah. Right. We actually <laughs> did have that a couple of times. Like when we were in Baltimore, um, we got a call from one of the guys on the team named Herman. He's like, "Hey, this guy uh, named Jordan's going to be hopping on the bus." And there was that moment. It was the first time we were like all right, are we going to let people on the bus? I guess we are. And, uh, Ooh. so yeah, since, <laughs> since then, uh, yeah, we've been, <laughs> we've been picking up some people and giving them some rides and stuff, which has been pretty cool. <laughs> That's funny. How, how many people are on the road with you? You gave a, a number earlier, I think that seemed high. Yeah. So we have 18 and then, uh, we've got three people that are working remote full time. Uh, so 20, 21 total and then 18 on the road. And, got six people in the bus five people in one of the travel trailers and seven people in another travel trailer mm. that is crazy do you guys any of you play instruments like you could just be a ska band kind of have a comeback <laughs> moment <laughs> exactly oh, i was when i was when i was talking about the road trip and trying to explain it to people i was like basically just think of a gigantic band on tour except we're selling a book and <laughs> We're all really young and don't know what we're doing. Um, yeah, yeah, but it is. It's it's very much it's very much like a band, except it's a band of strangers that met like two two and a half weeks ago. Um, which I mean, it's been awesome, man, to see how how close of friends everybody has become in only two weeks. I mean, I think yeah, the environment and the circumstances sort of just make you have to become close with everybody. But yeah, I mean, it really has been nuts. I feel like, uh, you know, I've known these people for years, even though mm-hmm. we've only yeah. we've only known each other for a couple of weeks. That's awesome. Where did the journey start? Where do you guys start this trip? Started up in Maryland, so we have a farm up there uh, with a house on it that is kind of like for artists and creatives and that sort of thing. And so we started up there to kind of do orientation, meet everybody, get all the logistics figured out, and then. Yeah, we hit the road from Maryland, right around Baltimore area. Wow. Gotcha. I've got family up there. And then you guys yeah. loop down part of the East Coast, I guess, and right. so, came through Nashville, right? Yep, yep. So we did, let me think, we did Richmond last Saturday, left Richmond on Sunday, went to Charlotte, 
left Charlotte on Wednesday. Nashville, we left yesterday and uh, got into Little Rock last night. And then on to Oklahoma City, I assume, after that, right? Exactly. Oklahoma City and then Santa Fe and then Grand Canyon, Flagstaff. Santa I love Santa Fe so much. That's such a cool. Have you so have you traveled the country before or is this the first time for you to see a lot of these places? First yeah, first time for me. I I've I've done, you know, kind of random things, you know, I like did San Francisco and Yosemite and then I've been to like Missouri and other just kind of like random things, but uh mm-hmm. went to you'd bend Oregon, but never really just saw everything. Uh so yeah, it's it's pretty mm-hmm. exciting and I think yeah, that's kind of the main appeal for a lot of people on the trip that we've got people from Jonas from Idaho, Shannon from California, people from New Hampshire, Florida, New Jersey. So really all over the place and people wow. have seen some things, but now we get to really experience everything for the first time. Um, like Jonah, awesome. Jonah and Shannon had never seen fireflies. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Wow. And Shannon still yells every time a deer, she sees a deer out the window because she's so excited. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's That's hilarious. Yeah, I guess there's a lot yeah. to discover. And then, so you guys will flagstaff, I assume, after that. Yeah. You're uh, going to be heading up, heading up the Nevada or California. Yep. Yeah. So I think uh, like either Reno or Lake Tahoe. And then we'll be going okay. into Oregon, probably Eugene, head over to Spokane, and then head across Jackson Hole, Denver, Rapid City, and start heading back east. Oh, you guys are skipping California altogether. Yeah, we it was just it was it was really tough creating the itinerary with, with the you know corona situation. Um Yeah. So Which is constantly evolving. Exactly. And we're kinda of like constantly mm-hmm. having to adjust. You know, we just had to skip out on Texas. So we when we initially did everything, California was was kind of a hotbed and was was still pretty restricted, and so yeah, uh, yeah, decided to end up not really really doing that. Mm. So then you'll go Colorado, and then are you going to go up or come back down into Kansas and kind of cut back over? Yeah, are you going to do like Montana out of Colorado? And go farther north. We'll do uh, Denver and head back up to Rapid City, South Dakota, because a lot of people want to see Mount Rushmore. And then cool. head east to Minneapolis and then down south into Indianapolis. And then we'll go Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and, and finish up back in Maryland near Baltimore. Yeah, and then you're back home. How many, so how many more weeks do you guys have? Two, three more weeks? Uh, No, more than that. I think we still have like five. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You guys, did, it feels like you did the first chunk really fast, and then it's going to be a little <laughs> bit slower on that. Right. Like, right. <laughs> I guess you have more stops maybe on the other way. Right. Yeah. We've, yeah. It's originally, you know, it was a three, three and a half month trip. And so each spot was, all right, we're going to be here three or four days. And now it's like each spot is basically right. two days. So we're still trying to hit a lot of locations, but just don't have a lot of time to be in each one of them. So there's just a lot yeah. of, a lot of quick turnarounds. Yeah, I mean, it's still a once-in-a-lifetime trip. Like, very oh, few yeah. people are going to make a circuit of the U.S. Mm-hmm. in one go, Yeah, you know, ever. Yeah. I've still never been to South Dakota, actually. Same. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to South Dakota. I think it's going to be a cool little, like, small state. And, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people haven't done it. And then there's – I don't know of anyone who's done 
you know, 18 strangers uh, doing doing it together. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe an MTV show, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Road rules versus real world. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. We, we were, like, talking about the vlog and the documentary, and we're like, it's either going to go really, really great and just be really fun, or it's going to go absolutely terrible and basically just be a reality TV show. But either way, it's going <laughs> to it's gonna sell um yeah man yeah so it, it's yeah it's it's definitely a cool it, premise and i'm excited to be on it yeah yeah it might almost be better with strangers because there's this like the gentleness of getting to know each other at first that kind of gives you a little bit of a buffer like you're not walking in with already mm-hmm. man i got in a fight with you know whoever last week and there's some tension there yeah. or whatever like you're just kind of learning <laughs> for a little while yeah but yeah, I could see by like week three or four, it's like, uh oh, we have camps. Lord of the Flies, we found the sequel. <laughs> just, yeah, just don't be piggy. <laughs> right, right. Now, oh, you could do a coffee table book. Just take photos of everywhere you go. Where did coffee table books go? Right. That, that could be your follow up. A coffee table book of the of the road trip around the country. Oh, you're Bonus totally content. right. Yeah, we were we were thinking like a calendar, right. but a coffee table book is is way better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, calendar is probably more accessible. But the coffee table book could have a middle part that's a, like a pop up of the caravan of vehicles. <laughs> just <Yeah>. like, <laughs> yeah. a pop up book. But just like I should not be involved in any marketing or decision making. Just like everybody's faces, like photoshopped onto the windows. Yeah. Of the bus. It's like the partridge. Yeah, family, they all stick out into the little like yeah. wavy thing that oh, the good pop up books do, where spring. everything moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I think you're onto something. It's the worst. <laughs> well, I years ago, uh, and I started an Instagram. I don't really keep up with, but really wanted to do a book called Thoughts on John. That'd be a coffee table book that was just bathroom graffiti from around the country. Nice. Um, so I'm very jealous of your road trip because it's the perfect it experience to like go around and hit up bathrooms <laughs> and just get the the bathroom graffiti around the country. Dude. I always thought that'd be a, like, there's some really great stuff oh, yeah. in some bathrooms yeah. around, around the, hey, world, I mean, the world. Hey, I mean, I've got a lot of interns. I can put somebody on that. We'll get them. We'll get them. <laughs> like, hey, Dan, you, you can, yeah. Dan needs the weirdest bathroom graffiti you can find. Everybody, everybody <laughs> start taking pictures. Yeah. Send it to this account. Please submit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeez. It's thoughts on John on Instagram. You can yeah. just tag it. Uh, yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. Um, I, I just want to say uh, thank you for hanging out with us and spending some time with us. Yeah. I really, really was hoping I could divert your caravan up to Northwest Arkansas because, you know, it's cool and there's stuff going on. Plus then I don't have to drive to Little Rock, but <laughs> right. uh, right. yeah. So, Maybe maybe in the future we can we can cross paths again. But yeah. we do like to we told you there are no questions that are kind of preset, but we do finish every conversation with uh Aaron starting a sentence and you just say whatever comes to mind right. to complete that sentence. I love it. I'm ready, I think. Maybe. All right, you ready? Yeah. Okay. I wish I could. Oh, I guess I have to be quick about this. I wish I could sell a million copies of this book. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. Seems very immediate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I could get more philosophical with it, but I think. Right. Right. I wish I could convince everybody this isn't a cult. Um, That that would be a good one too. (laughs) 
What a uh, what ten less kids? interns. I think that's the. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but but that that's awesome that you're doing this. I'll I'll definitely be picking up a copy yep. of the book for sure. Yeah, um, as soon as we get it, off here. Yeah, definitely. And I'm a little jealous because it's such a good idea, and yes. it's something that you know. Not I I hadn't had the exact idea, but you. Uh, this the situation currently is ripe for i think that kind of look yeah. right a satirical look at what's mm-hmm. going on um so i i'm very pleased that somebody went out and did it yeah. and i think that's one of the best things about the show is finding people that are going out and doing stuff mm-hmm. that you dream about or think about or wish you could but but then meeting the person behind uh that that actual creation yeah. right so i think it's super awesome right. that you yes. did it and managed to get it out in time right yeah yeah, no, I, I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, it's it's been cool to, you know, actually like follow through on it and, you know, to see it come to fruition. And I am, I mean, I'm joking about the million copies. I really don't care very much about money, but I, I do like, you know, like you were saying, like, I think it's a message that needs to be communicated. And I mean, I believe in it enough that I quit the FBI for it. I'm mm-hmm. like denying DEA agent offers and CIA agent offers and just, yeah, I really believe in kind of spreading that message of unity and empathy and uh yeah so trying to make it happen i hope you sell 200 million copies (laughs) because that's probably (laughs) what what we need to get the message out to right Right. (laughs) really at least 200 million people right um no that's and where can people follow kind of the the zune garden tour on instagram like where can they follow what you're doing absolutely zune garden bus tour on instagram We've got Jordan O'Donnell, author. That's kind of across everything. And uh, but yeah, if you look up Zoom Garden Bus Tour or jordanodonnellauthor.com, and then uh, just to find the book, it's pretty easy. Go on Amazon, type in Zoom Garden, or you could probably just type yep. in Zoom Garden into Google, and it's going to be one of the first things uh, that comes up. So It, it is, is the first thing, it actually. Yeah, yeah, it's very immediate. <laughs> awesome. It's it. a better name than Look What I Did, it turns <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> We may, we may change the name of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Zoom what I did. Oh. <laughs> there you go. You're on to Look something. what I zoomed. Uh, it, Jordan, it's been an absolute yes. pleasure talking with you. Thanks for it's taking time awesome. out today to do this. Um, sorry, we couldn't make it down there in person, but yeah. uh, we really appreciate your time yeah. for sure. Thanks for but, reaching out. It's it's been great. Yeah. No. Co- completely agree. Thank you guys. <laughs> Look What I Did is produced by Aaron Dotson and Daniel Quinn. Sound designed by Daniel Quinn. Our digital director is Heather Cullen.